shit, I didn't know there was a big drop in that song till I uh, till I heard it just then, mate. Ooh, bit, bit of a loud, bit of a loud spike there. Sorry about that. Sorry if uh, your eardrums. How's the drop in that track? I thought it was just a cruisy, uh, cruisy number called "Speak the Truth," which is the name of this week's episode of the Average Man Podcast, episode number one hundred and seventy, folks. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, yeah, man. Speak the truth. So uh, let's do a little bit of that then. Let's get into this week's episode, man. I am, I'm alive and kicking. Um, you know, it was questionable yesterday around this time if I was going to still be alive. I was hurting, brother, sisters. I was hurting. We had my work party on Friday night. We went down the Esplanade and, you know, it was one of the occasions where a few times a year I, I let the old, I let the hair down, let the dreads out, mate, have uh, more drinks than is wise and, um, you know, get into all sorts of, uh, you know, old low-grade shenanigans, but shenanigans nonetheless and my goodness, mate, the hangover yesterday was just, <sighs> I think that's... I said this a bit earlier in the year that I, I thought I was nearly done with these type of hangovers, and I'm telling you now, after last night, I'm pretty sure that's the last one of those hangovers for me. That's, um, dude, that's, that's, that's not something I need in my future. <laughs> it was not something I need in my future. We're talking about like a 4 a.m. leave the after party time for me. Um, you know, dusty the next day would be an understatement. And I had, so my kids went to a friend's house for a sleepover on the Friday night. There's a boy and a girl who very similar age to my two. They stayed there. And then those parents had their work due the next day, like a golf day. So they dropped all four kids back at my house at, at the ripe old time of 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, approximately three and a half hours after I got home on the Sunday on the Saturday morning myself. So there was there was no sleep for Davo. Um and it was struggle town yesterday, dude. I don't need that shit in my life anymore, man. I've always kind of said, I've maintained over the last few years as I've got further and further away from that whole party vibe. Um that you know, you do it a few times a year, two, three times a year, whatever it is, you know, let the hair out, drink more than you should, uh, get into whatever sort of um, festivities come your way during the evening and deal with the consequences later. And it's usually just worth the the fun that you have and, you know, catching up with the lads. I don't normally, as I said, let myself, let my hair down. So sometimes it's good to just go out and get, get, get a bit loose with the, the boys and, and um it's kind of worth it, but less and less over the last few have I had, like I had fun on the Friday night. It was a good night, had fun, had a few good yarns. But if I look at the next day, I look back and go, was it worth the hangover and the pain the next day? And it's a resounding, nah, nah, it's not worth it for me anymore. Used to be, used to be like, yeah, man, I'm hurting, sucks, couple of days wasted by you know, recovery and whatnot, and, but it was worth it, had a great night, yada, yada. No, nah, dude, I can't say that anymore. I'm past it. I'm over it. I'm done. Um, no more of those all-nighters, getting loose, drinking too much, shenanigans for me, dude. I, I'm just, I got other, I got other goals. But um, you know, 
it was always going to happen. I always had that one put, booked in the calendar as a big blowout and come what may top of evening, man. So glad, we, you know, glad I did it because I had it, had it booked in and it's going to be the last hurrah with a lot of these lads for me. Um, but that's it, dude. I'm uh, on to a different stage of my life moving forward from here. Um, I'm sure I'll drink too much and I'm sure I'll go out and stay up too late and have those kind of nights, but just not on that scale, man. You know, like, jeez, I don't... I never. I didn't stay up till four a.m. Well, I didn't stay out until four a.m. Uh, at the best of times, when I was a young fella, it says I'm not into it, man. So it was a big night for me, and um, you know, moving on from there. There was one of the young, one of the young lads from work, uh, rolled up because you know a lot, of the, a lot of the boys wear like a party shirt, like a button-up, loud type of shirt or whatever. I wore my like my Americana sort of Day of the Dead style skull shirt. Um, and one of the young lads w- rocked up wearing an old school uh, Mambo shirt. Remember the big Mambo shirt? Some weird, wacky cartoon picture on it, loud colours, always oversized and stuff, those shirts as well. He rolled up wearing his Mambo shirt. And um, we were having a bit of a yarn about it when he rocked up, especially because of his age. He's only 18 or something, you know. So I was like, oh, Mambo. I didn't think young fellas even knew what Mambo was. And it got me thinking. It got me thinking. It got us talking about um, about brands that that used to be cool, um, that we all knew and we all wore and uh, were part of the the culture when like when I was younger. That ended up in Kmart because that's where you that's where you ended up getting mad. But I don't think it's even there anymore. But it was it, it, it ended up in Kmart, right? And we were chatting about it. And it's like Kmart is is where brands go to die. You know, your Mambo ended up on the Kmart shelves. You got Piping Hot, you know, before Piping Hot was in Kmart, it was a surf brand. You'd get it from the surf shops. It was with the Billabong and Rip Curl shit, Quicksilver stuff. You'd get Piping Hot in there, ended up on the on the Kmart shelves. And even more recently, I see when you go in there now, there's a whole section dedicated to Everlast sporting gear. Everlast was something you'd get at the sports shops back in the day. It was like a pretty cool brand. Um, it's a Kmart brand now, man. And like, as a kid, as an adult, you don't give a fuck. You buy whatever you like, whatever suits you, whatever fits, whatever's comfy. You do your own thing. But as a kid, man, once something hit the shelves at Kmart, it's 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 over. You can't be seen wearing that shit out in public anymore. I remember the transition specifically for piping hot because we were poor growing up. We didn't get a lot of clothes bought for us, right? I'd get like. I'd get to go shopping as a as like a young teenager at a at a surf store or a skate store. It was mostly surf stores back then, and skate stores has got a little bit older, but that was my jam. I went, I, I, I got to go shopping at a surf store like two or three times a year, and it was to buy like a shirt and a pair of shorts. It was that it was that much. It was that like restricted. So maybe like start of the year, you'd get a shirt and some shorts. Then maybe in the middle of the year, you've been pestering mum and, you know, your shit was getting worn out. You know, you, you worn the same shirt and shorts to the last three parties and people were starting to notice. Like, because kids notice that shit. You wore that Billy Wong shirt to the last party, man. And everyone was like, ah, it poor ass. And then you'd get one like in the middle of the year. And then maybe at a birthday or something you'd get one, and and maybe at Christmas you'd you'd, you'd score something as well. So you might you might get four hits throughout the year. 
you had to be sparing with your your outfits and how you wore them and shit, dude. And then there was, you know, just knocking around with the lads and the boys and you'd wear some of your cheaper shitty stuff on those occasions when you didn't really care. But if you were going to go out in public and be seen, you had to wear your good shit. And I didn't have very much good shit. And one of the things I did have that was was in the good shit pile was a piping hot shirt. And it was like fresh and just, yeah, me piping hot shirt, you know. I'd only worn it a few times because I only wore it out to parties and fucking shit like that or like some event, you know, social at the school or whatever it was. You know, you get you, you don your, your freshest gear, chuck your old piping hot shirt on, it's still fucking got all the colour and there's no holes or stains on it or anything. Cruise out with the bad boy shorts on maybe. You remember the bad boy, eh? Fucking 90s boy. Cruise out with the bad boy shorts and the pipe and hot shirt, you know, had the fresh haircut, looking the goods. Fuck, my shirt was still in good condition when something happened and, and pipe and hot wasn't selling and it ended up on the, the fucking shelves at Kmart. And I wore it out. I wore it out to one of these events. This is probably when I figured this out. I didn't know that, you, that, that, that this had happened and that it was going to kill it for me. I wore it out. It was probably at Target and Big W and, 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 and as well as Kmart, but I'm just using Kmart as the scapegoat here. And I wore it out to like a party or something. And then fucking kids, it doesn't take these little pricks long, mate. They were straight onto it, rocked up. And there was his fucking kid, Matt Philby. Little cunt he was. He was, wasn't little, he was big. He was a lot bigger than me. And it was like, he was actually in the same group of friends as mine. So do you remember being a kid where like... If you were like one of the nerd kids or in the dork or fucking whatever groups, the outcast, you know, there's different groups. There's like the fucking popular kids, the cool kids. Then there's like the outcast kids who are kind of maybe into metal or, or punk or whatever it is, hardcore. They're a little bit rough around the edges. Sometimes they mingle with the, the popular kids as well. Then there's like like the, the dorks. They're like, they're not nerds. They're not smart. They're not anything like that, but they're still kind of not in the cool kid group. And then there's like the full nerd group, you know, who are the smart guys, like the Eugenes and the glasses and shit like that. And there's a few other different types of groups ki- groups kicking around. But this this kid was, was, so I was sort of in the outcast group and we'd mingled with the, with the cool group by like year 10 or whatever. And so we were quite a large group and it was a mismatched group of kids. And there was some fucking assholes in that group, man. And this kid was always fucking with me. There was a few kids in that group that were always fucking with me, even though we were supposed to be mates. And I remember rocking up to this party and Matt Philby going, literally like Nelson from The Simpsons, like pointing. He was like Nelson from The Simpsons, the cunt. Looking and pointing and loudly as I've like arrived, thinking I'm looking all fresh and yeah, I'm gonna fucking probably had a crush on some girl at the time. I was like probably sweating it, trying to think about how I was gonna approach her. Rocking up, and Matt Philby going, ha ha, he's wearing piping hot, he's wearing piping hot, poor ass, like li- like literally that, like pointing at me, ha ha, he's wearing piping hot, poor ass, and then like, you know, I don't know, in my mind, the fucking whole party, like, oh, laughed at him, maybe a couple of kids chuckled along or something in reality, in reality, I don't know, but fucking, I remember just like, fucking feeling like a, uh, like I'd walked into the party, and you can imagine the fucking, there was music playing, it went, like fucking skipped, and the song stopped, and like a spotlight came in on me, and he's fucking pointed at me, ha ha, popping hot, poor ass, and then like, you just imagine the whole group, oh, it was just like, holy fuck, he's just ruined my entire fucking night, my fucking social life's ruined, you can't, and, um, couldn't do anything about it because you can't do it. Yeah, you can't either. Like if you overreact, you're giving like power to the fucking to the the statement he made. Plus he was too he was heaps bigger than me at the time. I wasn't ready for an all out fucking brawl with the kid at the moment. 
just fucked and fucked my whole life up, man. And I learned right then and there, like, Jesus, fuck, man. Like, this was cool a couple of months. I wore this like a month ago to, to fucking, you know, to someone else's party. And it was like fucking all good. I, I, I had a fucking great night. Fucking hooked up with some, was it with a girl, you know, fucking had a great fucking night. And now all of a sudden I'm fucking, I'm like a leper. It fucking happens quick, man. And kids know that shit. Kids are onto that shit. I had a lot of those assholes in my group that would always try and fuck with me, and um, I don't know why, like why it started. But um, I had it in in primary school as well, man. I just hung out with a lot of fuckwits for some reason, and like my dad was the the Christian ed teacher at my school, so everyone knew my dad, and he was and he was a, he was a religious ed teacher. But, like, he was a popular teacher. Everyone liked him. So maybe that had something to do with the fact that my dad was a teacher at the school. I know that I was for, like, pretty much all of year eight, which was the first time in my life and probably the last time in my life, to be honest, I was, like, flavour of the month with the with the girls at school. It was, it was awesome. I wasn't in year seven. Like, I left year seven just a nobody, um, rocked up to a different high school in a different area in year eight, and I was just, I was fucking it. I was like flavor of the month for, for like that whole year. Had fucking a ton of girlfriends. It was fucking awesome. I was like, what the hell's going on? Too many girlfriends because I wasn't prepared for it. I was just like, I treated it, you know, I I, I, um, I took it for granted and I wasn't a very good uh, a very good boyfriend, you know. I'd go through them pretty pretty quick, like you know, I'd go through them like not, not what you're thinking I was fucking 13 or something there was nothing it was all first base shit maybe second base if I was lucky but you know it was going through the girlfriends like real quick and um just didn't have any any restraint or any decorum about me mate it was all over by the time we hit year nine I, just, I had a growth spurt during the Christmas holidays started getting some pimples rolled up in year nine it was like fucking hell the line's fucking gone I was back down to you know working my way you know working hard for a fucking for a first date like like everybody else was so maybe there was some resentment there with some of the other lads who who had a crush on a girl and i went out with her and fucking they never never lived it down or or whatever who know who knows what goes through a young insecure kid's mind but there was some kids that just fucked with me man and i'm i'm happy for it now because it made me find my my balls as a as a young as a young kid or or as a teenage as a young teenager because they were just kept my friends kept fucking with me, and I got used to having to get in fights with people from other groups and people you weren't friends with and stuff. But like this thing where ki- like, like like people I knew would fuck with me, it took a while to navigate around that. So and then yeah, I, I, so I did have to learn how to stick up for myself, and it's a different type of vibe having to stick up for yourself against people that are supposed to be your friend against people that you know definitely mean your harm so it was a learning curve for me man but you definitely have to choose your friends carefully and and not everyone who's supposed to be your friend i guess is what i learned from it not everyone that's supposed to be your friend has your best interest at heart or really has um any goodwill for you in their heart they may they may have their own agenda they may be jealous or envious their insecurities may may get taken out on you and you know that was a very strange thing for me to learn in life because I would never have been shitty to my friends. I would never have teased my friends openly in public or tried to make them feel like shit. And it took me a while to realize that, like that's some some people. That's what some people do. They fuck with their friends. They fuck with people that they're supposed to be cool with and make them feel like shit to make themselves feel better. So I had to fucking deal with that the hard way. But that was definitely and Matt Fieldy was one of those. He was a prime fucking candidate for it. Fucking goofball fucking goofball of a fucking kid but yeah um 
I remember, yeah, yeah, fucking, anyway, fucking, um, um, I remember that specifically, that, that the piping hot was cool one week and was just fucking off the next week and I, would, I wouldn't wear it out next time I went to go out, I, I have a memory, vague memory of like needing to go out somewhere and my billabong shirt wasn't washed and it was like, they only had the piping hot shirt there ready to go and my mum was like, where's the other shirt? I was like, no, I'm not wearing that one. She's like, why? There's nothing wrong with it. Like, no, I'm not wearing that one, mum. It's not cool. And she's like, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. Put your piping hot shirt on. I'm like, not wearing it, mum. I don't even remember how that transition, how that transgression, uh, um, what, what it resulted in, but I remember that distinctly just being like, you don't understand. I can't wear that out in public again, mum. They're going to fucking, they'll be waiting for me. I've got to bring the heat tonight. So fuck knows how I ended up dealing with that situation. But, you know, at some point in the time, I just learnt that go in there and people give you shit, just start swinging. Fuck them. Just fuck them. You don't even have to do that a few times. You, you walk in there, oh, hunky, hunky-dory. You're not really hunky-dory. You've got butterflies that are floating around in your stomach. You're nervous as fuck. You're sweating bullets. You're basically waiting for a fight. The minute you, 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 start, you leave for the party, you get there, someone fucks with you, just start throwing hands. Punch that little fucker in the face, grab his shirt, pull it over his head, hit him with a few fucking uppercuts. People break it up, and everyone you get, oh, whoa, what's wrong with you, man? You're a fucking, you're a psycho. What's wrong with you? Blah blah blah. Do that once or twice, and you watch how fucking quickly people stop fucking with you. And then all of a sudden, you can be go, go back to being fucking a little bit more peaceful because people know that you're a little bit volatile. You're not a fucking pushover. And uh, it's funny because I've been had to go through that with my son he's only nine I've already had to be to go through that whole conversation with him like he's not a violent kid he doesn't want to be in fights he doesn't want to be a bully he doesn't want to be nasty to other kids but he had a kid I think I spoke about this a, a little while ago fucking with him and I'm like dude if that keeps happening you're gonna have to punch this kid in the face and I know you don't want to and I know that's not the kind of kid you are but you're gonna have to punch this kid in the face or people are gonna keep fucking with you and the feeling of having to go there and punch someone in the face and have a physical altercation, as unsettling as that is and un- as unpleasant as that is, the, the, the ulterior to that is, is, is way worse. Just, just continually getting fucked with and then other people see you getting fucked with and then they see you as being weak and they start piling on and you become like the fucking, the, the, the subject of other people's fucking mockery and you you go and you can't go anywhere without having butterflies in your stomach and wondering if such and such is going to be there or if this other person's going to be there or if just some random's going to start fucking with you because he's seen you getting fucked with by other people. You got to stomp that shit out quick. As a kid, nobody fucking told me that. I had to figure it out myself, and I figured it out years later than I should have or could have. So I definitely have had those conversations with my boy. I'm sure we'll have to have those conversations again, but it's important for specifically for a young man to realise or a young kid to realise that um, there's times in life where no one's going to fucking help you. People who are fucking with you aren't going to stop fucking with you unless you take matters into your own hand and you punch those little fuckers in the mouth. And if you don't believe there's a place, and time and a place for violence, um, you know, then we, we have very different views on the, on the world. So... Um, mate, and and I think because of that as well, here's the negative side to it, right? Yeah, it taught me a lot about life, made me grow up, made me do, you know, um, look after myself at a young age and whatnot. But the negative side to that is I, I, I feel like I've carried, because it happened quite a bit for a few years, right? And the negative side of that is that I've carried like this sort of 
I guess it's an insecurity or an anxiety of, of some sort with me through through life and I'm just I'm not comfortable in large groups which is funny because I'm quite often in large groups in like a like a um, center you know like a, a focal point of the group whether it's in a leadership role or just you know because I know multiple people and there's you know the way the conversation goes then I end up being in a center, a center of, you know, point of the of the group, and and I'm just not comfortable in large groups, and and I think I've told the story on here before as well about when I realised that a hundred percent was um, excuse me have a drink. In 2019 at the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert, when I just went there, I was just so uncomfortable in a large group of people like that because they had poor crowd control. There was no separation between like the, essentially the mosh pit. There's one big ball of people heaving around. And I just, I, I wasn't into it. I felt like a fucking, like a, like a cattle, like in a, in a tight crowd. And I've had that feeling before in the past, but never been able to put my finger on it or never been able to admit to myself what it was. And I used to get in fights a lot in those situations when I was younger and didn't realise why that was as well, why I was hyper- um, you know, like aggressive or, or always ready for, for a fight in these type of situations it was because I was, I was anxious, man. I was anxious about that many people around, people fucking with me, so I was on edge and then the slightest little thing would, would kick off and I'd be straight into throwing hands because I was like, yeah, people are going to fuck with me. I was ready for it. And then sometimes in that situation, especially when you're drinking alcohol, you end up either being overly aggressive at the wrong time, you know, or just looking for conflict where there isn't conflict. And for sure, I've been in fights that could have been avoided multiple, multiple times in my life when, as a younger man. And it's hard to gauge that when you're, you're in a heightened state. So as I've got older, I've just just started to steer away from from um, those sort of situations where I'm going to be in large groups of people. I'm just I'm not comfortable in them. So I definitely know that I don't belong in large groups of people anymore. Even where it's a safe zone and I'm comfortable with people, there's just an uncomfortable feeling um underneath me that 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 um that i carry in those sort of situations and i just don't need those type of interactions anymore you know um as i was saying good time on friday night went out got messy and got on the piss with the boys and all that but i just honestly don't need those type of situations in my life anymore my, my place right now is is with my family in our little unit trying to do and achieve the things that i that i want for us in life and and the conversations that you end up having and like I just don't need to be trying to explain myself um, or justifying the decisions I'm making based on those goals to other people in, in life. And I guess the exception to that um, is this podcast where I have the space and the time to flesh out the ideas and it helps me to, to speak out my ideas and goals and dreams and stuff out loud and hear them out loud in the world, know that other people are hearing them and listening to them, um, helps me give life to them but not like in a in that that sort of larger group setting where there's just honestly if I'm in a group with more than like four people I just I don't enjoy myself as much I enjoy smaller groups of people where you can have you can find your little one-on-one conversations or one-on-two or whatever it is um just not a large group uh sort of top person man very funny because it's funny to have an anxiety or an insecurity that you're like aware of and like as a man who's who's you know, pretty competent and pretty confident and pretty like, problem-solving orientated to like have uh, an issue like that that you're aware of and not really know how to 
to solve it, except for just not putting yourself in those situations, is a weird feeling. A weird feeling. We like to think that we can just fix shit, especially if you know what the problem is. You're like, oh, I can fucking fix it. But um, yeah, no, I'd, I think for me, the fix to that is to not put myself in those type of situations, man. So, and yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm fine with that, man. I don't owe my presence <laughs> to anybody else uh, except my family. So, moving forward, things will be will be different. Obviously, the 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 lifestyle that we're choosing to move forward into, anyway, that's that's going to be much more um, uh, practical. We're just traveling with the family around the country. I don't fucking know anybody else. So, <laughs> there you go. So, um. <clears throat> the wife, wife's back tomorrow. Uh, no, wife back tonight. Um, tomorrow back into into my routine. I'm looking forward to get back into my routine as well. For the last couple of weeks that I'll be in this routine anyway, we leave in two weeks. So um, I get back to my routine tomorrow. I've got my routine as such for a week because I'll be working for one more week. And then after the week after that, I'll still be on the same time frame. I'll go to bed the same sort of time, getting up the same time, going to the gym in the morning, missing the morning gym sessions. And and then um, yeah, after that it'll, it'll be it'll be down to Perth and and off to, off to create a, an entire new routine because I'll be living a different a different life. So I'm gonna try and be present this week and just like enjoy the last time for a lot of things. It'll be the last it'll be the last Monday. Tomorrow's the last Monday working in this job, doing what I'm doing, living this type of lifestyle. And then the Tuesday will be the same and then the Friday will be the same, the last Friday for, for a period of time, man. So I'm going to try and look forward to those lasts this week. Because um, I'm not just doing this for, for 12 months and then and then pulling up and, and coming back to this job or pulling up and coming back to a similar job or pulling up and coming back to a similar lifestyle. Like, well, we're looking at a full-blown paradigm shift for us, you know, Um the next stage of our life is going to be very different to the one that we've been in. Um, I have different goals and dreams. I'm going to spend my time differently. I have different, you know, I'm looking for different outcomes. I'm not just going back to some long ass nine to five, you know, I don't work nine to five, but you know what I mean? The standard saying nine to five type of job, man, I'm doing something different with my life from here on in. You fucking best believe I am. So <coughs> it's the last of a lot of things for me, man, which is is exciting and I wouldn't say sad, but there's always a specific feeling that goes with things when it's the last time, when you're moving on, when you leave. And I'm going to miss a lot of people in this town. I'm going to miss certain things in this town. I'm going to miss, in some capacity, my, my job and, and what I've achieved there and the opportunities I've had. And all that stuff's been great. And there's going to be like a, a, a some sort of feeling of, of missing that, but certainly not. Um, it's certainly not something that has the capacity to hold me back or slow me down or, or keep me here or give me second thoughts. It's like the natural feeling you get when you come into the end of something that's had its positives. Yeah, those things, nothing lasts forever. Those things are now ending. Respect to them. I've had good times. I'll have good memories. Uh, I may even miss some things, but that's all good. Missing things is good. It's a good feeling to have. So um, that's where we are. And then uh, moving forward from from here, um, pretty excited about it, man. Yeah, pretty pretty excited about it. <clears throat> um, moving on, I've um, I wanted to bring this up this week before we go. Uh, 
I've been following this dude on, on Instagram lately. I'm not sure how he popped up, how I got wind of him or anything, but um, Senator Malcolm Roberts of Queensland, he's obviously a senator, um, and he's got an Instagram page. He posts a lot of content on there. Um, and this is a dude that is really taking the fight to the government and the corporations in Australia and trying to hold people accountable for decisions being made and for the direction the country's going in and challenging the seemingly one-way pathway that our culture is on, following America. Why the fuck would we follow in America's footsteps right now when they're, they're fucked, their culture is fucked? Everybody knows it. They know it. They're going down the drain. They need to change things to stay on top, to stay, to continue being one of the greatest countries on earth. And arguably, you know, they'll say the greatest country on earth. Us here in Australia would always say we're the greatest country on earth. And there's a few countries around there that would say, I mean, the patriotism is one thing, but actually honestly saying this is one of the greatest places on earth to live. Yeah, in, in, in a lot of aspects, um, I, I still agree with that. But after COVID, you've got to question it, man. What the fuck happened there? That wasn't cool. That wasn't cool. We lost all of our freedoms. We lost our right to work if we didn't get vaccinated. We lost our right to leave our regions and our cities and our states to go fucking anywhere, to visit a dying relative on the other side of the country. That is not my idea of the greatest place in the world to live. That can't happen again. That, that and, and that's the direction that we're headed, man. It's very scary thinking about the kind of world we're setting up for our fucking kids, man. Like... This authoritarian bullshit fucking world that we're 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 creating, and the fight has started, you know, with things like Elon Musk buying Twitter and opening up opening up public discourse for all uh, political and cultural views again, rather than just the one woke uh, ideal I- ideology which had the whole had all the world's microphones for a period of time there. Opening up the discourse again, at least in one of the social media platforms, so we can start fighting back. And there's, that's made a difference. I've felt the difference that's made over the last year. But um, this guy's this guy's taken the fight to the corporations and the governments, and taken on issues such as which which are becoming and increasingly becoming issues in Australia, like gender reassignment surgery for for un, for, for um, minors, for people under the age of eighteen. They're starting to tr- they're trying to pass that bill in Australia now, which is been going on in America, and the fight's happening in full force over there and in the UK, and it's fucking kids up it's an absolute 100 percent no-brainer for me you are not old enough to drink alcohol legally you're not old enough to vote legally you're not old enough to get tattoos you're not old enough to fight in the army you're not old enough to do all these things that are you know like mildly life-changing life-affecting at least yet they want you to be old enough to decide against your parents' will and permission that you're going to get gender reassignment surgery or therapeutic um, treatment in the way of, you know, like chemicals that are going to fuck you up, change your body for the rest of your life. And they think you should be able to make those decisions at 15, 16, 17. Fuck off. If you're uncomfortable in the body that you're in, one, welcome to being a teenager, cunt. Two, Ride it out, wait till you're 18, which is still young, but I'm, you know, it's a push to say 21. Ride it out till you're 18, make your own decisions then as a young adult, 
at a minimum because these are life-changing decisions. How are you not able to vote or drink alcohol but you can cut your fucking cock off? What the fuck? How does that make sense to anybody with a conscience and half a fucking brain cell in their head? If you agree with that, lose my fucking number. That is child mutilation. Not okay. Not going to go into the whole trans thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about minors mutilating their bodies. And that's what it is. He's taken that fight to government. He's taken the digital ID and um, central digitalized currency fight, which is they're, they're starting to try and introduce in Australia now. So your digital ID, where everything, your Medicare, your, your license, um, you know, your bank accounts, everything's all digitalized, it's all online, then the government have control of that platform and then they want to introduce, and these, these are bills that are starting to be passed, by the way, this isn't like hypotheticals, uh, they're not starting to be passed but are being brought to, to Parliament. And people are voting on very soon. And the central digitalised currency, so the government would have their own crypto that we all have to use in Australia. And once they have control of the currency like that, they have control, they know every, every everything you spent your money on. There's no cash sales anymore. They know everything you spent your money on. And they can start deciding what you spend your money on. They can tax things a lot heavier. They can restrict certain purchases. In some European co- countries, they're already starting to talk about this and they're starting to talk about limiting meat sales and other sales that the, the work ideology thinks is a negative and they're starting to, to punish and, and make more difficult to spend people's money on certain things. This is like a Chinese... Um, um, uh, um, a socialist type of society that we're looking at going towards, like dictatorship, authoritarian, authoritarianism, authoritarian, oh, fucking hell. Fucking that word's fucking, it's too long, it's fucking escaping me. And authoritarian, authoritarian, <laughs> you know what I'm fucking trying to say? <laughs> authoritarianism society, right? This is like some, some crazy sci-fi, uh, um, um, uh, uh, what's, it, what's the show called? Uh, Black, Black, black mirror shit that's starting to become a real conversation in in parliament, right? They're trying to start pass these bills and these laws. So he's taking the fight against that shit. He's trying to hold people accountable, like literally government entities and people involved in corporations who who helped pass these bills to restrict movement and force vaccines on people during COVID-19. He's holding them in, I've seen clips of him in like Senate hearings and shit sitting there asking people, what, why'd you do this? What was the reasoning? How can you still be mandating um, or, or, or strongly recommending um, vaccines with the knowledge that we now have as far as the lack of efficacy and the, and the known side effects? Um, admitted by the companies that sell them, like Pfizer. He's taken people to task for these things now in, in hearings, proper legal hearings. And even though he's not, they're, they're not getting results at this stage, um, holding people accountable is the, the, the very basic first minimum step that you need to take so people don't think it's a fucking free-for-all to just money grab off the lobbyists and the corporations who are funding them and just with no repercussions, no recourse. 
knowing that you will be very likely held up to account to speak directly at a Senate hearing and give your reasons uh, and for why you made those choices and your part in those decisions is, is a good start, man. Um, and, and also he's also talking about declassification and restriction of like cannabis and putting pressure on the TGA to get their approvals through for like CBD use and more medicinal use so that any doctor across the country can prescribe medicinal cannabis um, based on the fact that we have things like heroin um, that we're prescribing to people like any doctor can prescribe uh, oxycontin or oxycodone for you and you can be on heroin uh, uh, just because you've got a sore back but you can't get prescribed cannabis unless it's by a a licensed uh, prescribing physician um, so he's got big balls, this cat, and he's really pushing these things. And we need more voices like him in places, in positions of power, like a senator in Queensland. And um, a lot of respect for this guy. And I would encourage you to go follow his page as well and, 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 and follow along to some of the discourse that he's having around these things, man, because he's obviously a smart dude. He's obviously a guy with a, uh, in a position of power who is fighting, fighting the good fight for for those of us who actually still believe in, in the... Uh, who still believe in this country and still believe in traditional values and actually like don't want to just be pushed into this fucking weird uh, woke culture that the world seems to be fucking just eating up hook, line and sinker right now. That whole, just the way we crumbled under that whole COVID thing, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying we, because it was me as well, mate, before my eyes were open to it, how easy we folded and, and did what we were told and stepped in line and, 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 and uh, um, sold out our own values and our own critical thinking for the to, to, to listen to what the government said to us was scary. It was scary and and, and um we we just can't do that again, man. This country we are a country of indigenous Australians who were here for thousands and thousands and thousands of years without influence from the outside world, living off the fucking land in the harshest conditions known on on, on earth, um, without anybody else's help. We are a country of of criminals who were sent over here as punishment from the fucking UK to live out there like days, you know, their sentences here in Australia and then go and, and fend for themselves and make their own lives in the, in the harsh outback of, of, um, of Australia. And we are um, the, the guards and the shopkeepers and the politicians and whatnot who were sent here to set up infrastructure to support that endeavour. And we are... The settlers that came over here <coughs> with a hope and a dream of a better life came over here and, and made their way again in the harsh, unforgiving outback of a fucking Australia, you know, hundreds of years ago, um, 200 years ago. We are those people. That's our spirit. And somehow over the last 20 years, the pollies and the fucking and the prison guards and the coppers, that mentality has somehow become the overarching mentality. We're supposed to be a country full of fucking rebels, mongrels, criminals, fucking outback blackfellas. We don't give a fuck. We're cruisy. We're laid back. We fucking rough it. We make it fucking work. We we don't give a fuck about image and, and, and what's the fucking latest, flashest fucking thing. Um, we've got a good laid back sense of humour. We'll have a crack top of people, work hard, fucking make your own fucking, your own destiny. Uh, look out for your mates. Um, you know, stand up, do the right thing, tell the truth. Fucking rough 
humble fucking people. That's who we're supposed to be. And all of a sudden, we're a country of fucking lay down, do what you're fucking told, bitches who don't want to be uh, labelled as a bogan or, or a fucking dumbass or a right-wing extremist, so we just keep our mouths shut and fall in line and do what the fuck we're told. And it's fucking scary, and it's going to head our country in, in the same fucking, right down the same track as Canada, which is fucked. No freedom over there. No freedom of speech. No freedom of economy. They 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 had they froze the people's bank accounts who were involved in the the trucker fucking um, the um, the the um, protests a couple of years back. You know, froze people's bank accounts and took all the money out of the GoFundMe account that was started for them. Just just complete just just treading all over their fucking rights and and the wokeness in that country is is out of fucking control. We are. In, in the same high, lane on the highway heading right down that same pathway behind them just 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 behind America watching it all burn in front of us going this is a good fucking street we're on this we're heading in the right direction here F- fucking fuck knows why so you know time to turn the fucking thing around before it's too damn late and I don't know I don't know when we became a country full of bitches like that man um it's it's got to fucking change so we need more voices like Senator Malcolm Roberts and I applaud the man. Um, before I get out of here, mate, I've got a big week. Last week of work. Uh, packing up the house this weekend. Lots to get done. I've got a big, big week next week. Really packing everything up, selling shit, throwing shit out, putting everything in boxes, fucking it off out of Port Hedland, getting into a car and a caravan and fucking off out of here for the foreseeable future. Um, it's exciting times. It's nervous times. It's it's It's... It's fucking definitely exciting times, mate. It's this might be the last pod I get to do before I go. I'm not sure how the next couple of weeks going to play it. I'll certainly be trying to make time for it and, and squeeze one in. But it is a big couple of weeks, so you know, very likely, very possible anyway that this is the last one I get to do from Port Hedland here before before we get out of here. So not sure how the next couple of weeks going to play out. But um, exciting times, man. And as always, I want to thank you guys so much for your time, for listening to me, for the support and the feedback that I get. I'm trying to be more honest and more open and just let the uh, let the thoughts uh, and opinions all roll out of me here. Looking forward to having more uh, more exciting and, and, and fun life moving forward. And hopefully that's going to that's gonna shine through in this podcast as well. So... Just before we get out of here, I've only got one song to play, um, which is a very apt song for for this time in my life. Uh, this song's very self-explanatory. It's a song by Chris Stapleton called Starting Over. Let's get into it. Thanks for listening. Episode number 170. Uh, speak the truth. Over and out. Peace.
Smile.